You're listening to Creators in Saigon, a podcast based in the rapidly modernizing city of Saigon, Vietnam. I'm Dana, and together with my co-hosts, Tuesi and Nico, we interview the most inspiring creative entrepreneurs Saigon has to offer on topics about life, relationships, creativity, business, health, and more. We are all coaches specializing in different areas, but our common goal is to inspire you to reach your full potential in these areas and improve the quality of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Creators in Saigon, everyone. Thank you so much for all the love on our past few episodes. This past Saturday, Nico and Tuesi actually co-hosted a meetup for entrepreneurs. You guys might have heard about it. We were sharing it on our Instagram and Facebook pages where, like we talked about in the last episode, the reflection of 2020 and projection of 2021, how to use Notion to do your annual review and planning for 2021, setting up your habits and systems for success. And we had a really great turnout, a lot of really interesting entrepreneurs doing cool things in Saigon. Obviously, we love that. We love meeting Mm -hmm. creators in Saigon and helping each other out to just level up and continue lifting Saigon up as a whole. So keep following our pages for any new events that we're doing. All three of us really like to do events in the community. So definitely reach out if you're interested. Today, we're so excited. It's me and Nico co-hosting this episode here. And we have Tui Ung. You guys may know her from Saigon Swing Cats, but she does many, many other things. And we're going to dig into all of that today. But first, we have some really exciting news, a historical moment for creators in Saigon. We have our very first sponsor. And so, yay! yay. (laughs) So cool. It's a new local, environmentally friendly face mask brand based in Saigon. It's called Masked, spelled M-A-S-Q-D. And obviously, we love supporting local businesses here and especially the environmentally friendly ones. These medical grade masks are constructed from the same material as Nike Dry Fit, which makes them extremely lightweight, breathable and designed to move moisture away from the skin. So basically, it wipes away the sweat on your face that we all know accumulates in the mask. And I've personally been trying mine out for a week. And the first thing I noticed was that I don't notice the mask on my face, which is really nice because I feel like, at least for me, I don't know, I have a really small head, but these masks tend to like move around on my face and it's, it's really annoying. So this one is really lightweight and breathable. I barely notice it. It just stays in one place and doesn't make me feel like I'm suffocating. Nico has been trying out his too. Yes. You have you have a different one than me. You have the fog free yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. Like for me, it was a game changer because I, I wear glasses and as soon as you enter an elevator or a place where there's AC from driving your motorbike, then you get some fog on your glasses. So <laughs> uh, it was it was really helpful to actually have a mask and you don't you don't see the difference when you enter different rooms and everything. So it's really good. 
Mm. And uh, I, I used to wear a lot of the single-use one. Yeah, single-use. And um, yeah. I always felt bad about the environment mm -hmm. because I feel like COVID has made us stay at home somehow more. <laughs> but then, like, you know, as soon as we go out, we just use those masks and it's really not good. So I was looking for an, a reusable one, but this one is really good. Like, you know, we don't, we don't feel it. Mm -hmm. And I have actually a bigger head <laughs> than you, Dana. Yeah. And so for me, it was always hurting my ears. Ah. You know? So like these straps are good because we can adjust it. And I like I like the yeah. my colors. Thing? I like the fabric. I think they have five colors or four colors. Like they have white, black, nice. the dark blue, and light blue. And this one is matching with my jeans. And it has to match with you know what you wear all the time. So yeah. I always have my earphones on. They are blue. Jeans are blue. So. <laughs> Mask is blue. Yeah, it's good. He's a blue man. Fashion mask. <laughs> Fashion mask, yeah. Thank uh, you. Thanks to them. To yeah. Serving us. Yeah, thank you to Masked. Plus, you're saving the environment by purchasing these masks rather than the disposable face masks, like Nico was saying. And actually, those have a lifespan of 450 years, and they mostly end up in the oceans, which is super sad. For the fishies. Mm -hmm. and so it's like safe for us, but like, fuck the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so mask brand masks are reusable for up to 30 washes. And the really cool thing is they are packaged in fully biodegradable material as well. So you get this, uh, they come in this bag and, you know, biodegradable. If you left the bag outside or something, it would naturally yes. degrade. Mm. To look at the website and, 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 and social channels, so... Mm -hmm. You can find mm -hmm. out how to get these things and how they look. Yep. <laughs> Not just through the <laughs> toys. She's eager. She's like, where do I get... Tell me the details, Dana. <laughs> I want in. I don't know how to get this mask. <laughs> yes. So you're lucky. All our listeners are lucky because we're partnering with Masked to give you guys a special offer of 25% off your first order with the promo code GREENCREATORS, G-R-E-E-N. C-R-E-A-T-O-R-S and you can order by visiting their Facebook or Instagram pages which is at masked underscore so it's at M-A-S-Q-D underscore and you can DM them with that code green creators in your message and let them know what you want or ask them um, what, what they are and we'll also add more details of Uh, the different types of masks and colors that they have and the pricing in the show notes. So you'll have everything you need to get your new stylish, environmentally friendly mask. And we'll all be matching and it'll be super cute. Perfect. <laughs> so getting into meeting our guests here. Nico, can you ask that question you asked? Yeah, <laughs> we like actually... Just before the show, we were asking about, like, how do we introduce ourselves? And <laughs> I have this question because you do so many different things. Mm. So can you introduce yourself? And mm. let's see where that brings us. <laughs> I guess we're going to have a <laughs> long conversation after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to introduce myself, I'm Thuy. I was born and raised in Vietnam. And I had the chance to go with the country in a very interesting time when we enter a WTO, 
Mm-hmm. It was in 2006. I graduated. Can you say what that is in case listeners don't know? And also, I don't. What is that? WTO. Oh, the World Trade Organization. Ah, okay. Because my studies was in um, international business. Oh, so I, I, gradu- I graduated in Foreign Trade University mm-hmm. in Saigon. And uh, when we were studying, everyone in the school saying, okay, you're going to be international entrepreneurs. You need to do trade deals and everything. And then at that time, after we graduated, uh, the country got uh, all it needs to do to get ready for the World Trade Organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to join in. Yeah, yeah to so join in. So to join like in. Open yeah. yeah. And sorry, then, where, where are you from in Vietnam? My family came from the north. Okay. My father was born in Hanoi. My mom was born in Bao Lok. But right. her family also came from Hanam in the north. Mm-hmm. So we are both, uh, my, in my blood we have Northern blood, but I was mm-hmm. born and raised uh, here. Mm-hmm. I was born in '82. Not very long after, we just got out from the war. Mm. But I didn't see any war, of course, for me. I only know that uh, things were uh, better than before. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to agree on. <laughs> I, I just remember back in the days, it just we had a lot of electric cuts. Ah. all the time so yeah. we always have to remember a lot of darkness mm-hmm. compared to now it's a lot of light everywhere wow, that's so, so powerful. very dark and very quiet and everything seems so big and mm. now you see everywhere you got bigger and mm. you see everything smaller the streets got smaller more lights and more noisy more noise every time that you get out so mm. that's the, the big change when you Put things so, into perspective. Of so you're part of this generation of uh, of Vietnamese who actually f- like seen enough of mm. before WTO. I would mm. say let's mm. call it WTO, <laughs> and then the and then somehow participate actively in building this last twenty years, 20, yeah. 10, 15 years. Yes. So basically, that's how I see myself because all the 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 things that you you study in school and then the things that you actually go out to work and then you interact with the people who live in the city and you see well there's so much gap so how do you do to 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 bridge this gap that mm. you need to have more uh, social skills you need to so uh, so i i i i learn in in english and then i also took french lessons because i thought that I need to get ready for this WTO thing. I need to get more languages in me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then everyone and everything came, not, not all of a sudden, but like gradually, but still, like every two years, you look back like, wow, so many more buildings. Wow. So many more bridges mm-hmm. and the, and the general so skills. Much more light. Yeah. <laughs> light. <laughs> and, and the general uh, conversation contents. And the, and the skills of the people also got improved so yeah, much yeah, yeah. Um, that you didn't see it would uh, be possible when you were still in your high school. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, one day I'm going to be this and this and that. And then what it actually happened, you're just like, wow, so it's more. <laughs> when you were younger, yeah, did you have a sense of hope about the future when you were younger? Or was it, did it feel dark? Like, oh my God, how are we No, no, because, because I think... The, the main thing when it was uh, just dark and quiet and then you start to watch the songs on MTV, you listen on radios, mm. all of the, um, the Backstreet Boys and like, <laughs> Westlife, all of this Western media culture through 
some channels that are that were allowed back in the days, mm-hmm. and you just have the idea like, wow, if you you dress like Nick Carter or you dress like Britney Spears, <laughs> how would it be? Would it be so scandalous? And then you you think, but all of these is like the, the media influence. But you have to project yourself in the in the future that. It can be the day when I can speak many languages, going to out of the country, meet people and see how people live. Mm. Um, so that, that, that was what I had mm. when, when I was like 18 and 19, like getting to college and seeing already the hope of the country represented in each of my classmates in in the university. Ah. Wow, it's like very exciting. And is that why you wanted to go into that field? Actually, it was very very funny because I didn't actually want to sign up for that school. I just want to learn more liberal science. So you're going to go and work in NGOs, go and help people, social work. Because at that time, I think in my high school, I, I was very much thinking about the humanity and how to help people live life and all of those things, very bigger, like dream. Mm-hmm. But then at the, at the time for university choices, what do you do? So you have to be a doctor. No, you don't want to do somebody, the lawyer, you want to. Business, like business, you can have so many things that open doors when you know how business works. And I ended up spending four and a half years in that school, forming so many nice friendships and learning so, so much with um, a few hands-on experience, more international camps where you can interact with people and help actually building classes in the Mekong Delta. So all of these things are very rich experience for me. And it, uh, you know, to introduce who I am, I think it it should be fair to say where my family came from, my hope and dream when I was 18. I didn't know much about life, but and I know that oh, I, I like the subject more than the other. Mm-hmm. And then I see my position in the world and where my country going to move. And so all of that, it, it will shape me mm, as who yes. I am today. Because, you know, every little choice that I made all through my life would lead me here mm-hmm. in this room with you to talk <laughs> <laughs> with the creators in Saigon podcast audience. Yeah. So I have done most of my career in the internet industry. I, <laughs> I, I apply for internet startup. We were trying to build the first online community mm-hmm. platform for Vietnam, uh, taking inspiration from many others, among which there are Facebook and MySpace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then so my job was like, okay, let's study all of these guys and to build something that the Vietnamese people would want to use because not many people would want to spend so much time online to mm-hmm. chat and share photos and videos like we do today, every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was 2006. So all of that, up until now, I remain in, in, in the internet industry. But at the same time also, at the same time with my first job, I also found swing dancing. So even though I changed maybe six companies, six or seven companies, including the, in this current one, I have one passion that I developed it into something that I call it like a serious hobby because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because 
it's some, some you know what do people call dream passion and hobby it feels very uh temporary mm-hmm. and then it will pass it will pass so I found swing dancing as okay. It sounds fun. You can dance with jazz, uh, jazz music, and you can dance and and interact socially uh, with people with a nice excuse. You don't just have to like, hey, let's make friends. Hey, you have a nice shirt. Let's make friends. That's that mm, not, yeah. no longer what you do after you graduated from school and then you have a job. So, mm-hmm. like, how can I? Satisfy my needs for for social outside of work because mm-hmm. you either you go out with your work or you need to message all of your friends from mm-hmm. from high school to hang out with them. So how do you do this? <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and then so like okay, swing dancing sounds like a good excuse to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I think when I was like twenty two, twenty three, the need to socialize was. This very very high. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. but so um, wait, you, you st- so you started to do swing dancing like fifteen years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how was it before and compared to now? When it's when I first came, I was one of the very few Vietnamese who came and joined swing dancing. It was held by uh, Michel Tosto. He he is a Canadian insurance stock market uh, kind of kind of guy, and he came to Vietnam that early. To, wow. to set up some business. Some people hired him with a very <laughs> good salary because that's how WTO happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he came and he said, wow, there's nothing to do much in Vietnam. <laughs> um, there's only a few bars and people like Vietnamese, they don't like to go out. So it's very difficult for the expats If you had been in Vietnam 15, 16 years ago, it would be so difficult, so so hard to find friends that you can spend time with mm-hmm. outside of your work. So I came and it was like, wow, everyone spoke English. Mm-hmm. So at that time for me, it's like, oh, okay, this is a nice environment for people to to come and discuss, mm-hmm. but it's all in English or French. There was like French and English at that time. It's like an open door to the internationalization of Vietnam. Yeah, so but international you still have society. To go out of yeah. the country. Yes. So like now, the swing dancing uh, community become more balanced. I think not even more Vietnamese. So people come and, and speak Vietnamese all the time. So the classes will be done in Vietnamese or English. Either how many people would come and join the classes. So. Yeah, so that's me finding myself in in the internet industry 15 years ago, mm. and at the same time, I also found a hobby that I uh, managed to keep until now. So, mm. what are the things that you're kind of working on right now? Mm. So my so before before the pandemic, I had an idea that I how about I would just do my hobby the most serious that I can do. Mm-hmm. So I had decided to quit my job in 2017. So August, I quit my job that I had had for five years in big data and uh, DMP and advertising, programmatic advertising. And I went traveling in Europe for okay. six weeks and I decided, okay, Let's bring an international swing and jazz festival in Saigon. Wow. So I did that. It was called the Saigon Swing Fest in January 2018. Okay. Uh, so that's my big move to 
let's just focus on the dream part, mm-hmm. the passion part, the hobby part. And I would get back into a, a job when I can satisfy this quest mm-hmm. of mine to, to see if this is my element, how can I do it the most way that I can do mm-hmm. So I so I did that, and then 2020 came. I wanted to get some grants from the the U.S. consulate because we enter 2020 was the year of 25 years bilateral mm, yes. relationship between the U.S. and Vietnam. Um, so I had some plan to get some grants to do both teaching swing dancing in some academy and running more festivals. But no, <laughs> nothing can uh, can a group or convene. Nothing can can come together, and it was quite challenging. Mm-hmm. So, so I had more time at home, chatting with friends, and reading more books, and understanding just like every movement that happened around me, like in Vietnam, in the U.S., in Europe. So, what does it all mean? Like, and, and how can I do something to, to help make it better? and mm-hmm. not make it worse. Mm-hmm. So that's my 2020. So I still um, managed to do some dancing. As you know, in Vietnam, we are, are still quite a safer situation than other countries. Mm-hmm. So I still can manage some small gathering, some small classes, but not continuously because mm-hmm. it was so difficult to to predict how the next outbreak gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah. you cannot uh, plan the, your, your classes. And my current business is in retail, mm-hmm. which is something that I have not so much done before. But also I find there's very much link to to the hope and dreams of me at 18 years old uh, that I just want to help make things better for more people and not just a few. So I make the decision and to move out and then I found a new business that helped me link back my hope and dream when mm-hmm. I was younger. I still can do swing dancing. I can still bring all the community and social aspects of my elements into the business. And then I can have new hopes and dreams for the future. Especially this year. So actually your your business, can you tell us more about uh, this business? This business? Yeah. Okay. It's in a grocery store. So it's very much like if you get out of your house, if you remember that uh, there's some little ladies who sell orange juice and all the snacks and all the uh, little sugar pack or everything that you need in your daily life mm-hmm. that you either go to the supermarket or the convenience store or the big, big market, the Bentan market or the Bentai market. So you have it in your grocery store lady that you have in all the street corners, all the big streets, so you have different size, but almost everyone has their own favorite uh, grocery lady to yes, go to, yes, to, yes. to get your things because it's so convenient, it's cheaper. You know her, you don't need to negotiate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you can even buy without yeah. paying. You're like, yeah. okay, can I pay you tomorrow? Yeah, I don't have the cash exactly. right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that is very interesting for me when my co-founder talked to me and said, like, okay, we're going to do these things. It's, it needs very practical imagination at the point of sales. And what we try to do is we want to have uh, a more data-driven and tech-enabled sales 
model. That's how you connect the two worlds. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those things. So if, if, because to do scale, you need to have some some data and technology. Of course. Because yeah. otherwise, you just talk to you, and, and then you'll be able to just help one person. But how with the potential and the capacity that you can think, if you can help more, it needs to be mm-hmm. some model and uh, it needs to be some data. So the challenge is how we can introduce this this business model, this sales model to this little lady who would not want to complicate her life, which is already very uh, time-consuming all, all, all yes. day already. So that is one uh, subject. And then we have the brands. So very interesting for me to, to put into perspective is I used to work in the industry with media and marketing and budget. So mostly you have to work with super, super big brands because they would then have the budget to go and spend on the marketing on tv on the internet so a uh, huge and, budget yeah. and then i cannot even help any of my friends who like just a, a clothing line or like a mask like this so all of this is small businesses yes. and i can talk to them but there's nothing that i can relate to them in terms of business and uh, these small businesses also find it super super difficult to distribute the service or the products through this little lady if they can have one little brand sell into uh, many many little shops it will help them and then it will give the consumers around those area there's me and you live in our neighborhood and you can actually buy a shampoo that is very organic good for hair You can yeah. buy some snacks that are not um, mass pro- produced, but is something that's artisan produced from Hoi An, from small provinces. But if you can answer this question, uh, you can solve this problem with logistics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You move products from small, small, small brands to small, small, small merchants. And, but there are so many that it's so many. big for you. So yeah, it's yeah. good yeah. to scale. So, so these are what make me very intrigued. Yeah. And then, okay, how can I use all of this uh, knowledge that I have, uh, but I have and to make it work. And I can make yeah. it break it down into small, small, small pieces and bring it to every brand and every little <laughs> grocery, <laughs> grocery lady. And I just want to highlight, this is what's so cool about you. I mean, there are like a hundred cool things about you that I also want to <laughs> dig into. But something that I really notice about this is that instead of, I feel like a lot of Vietnamese try to look to Western models of ways of doing things, structures and systems in the West, and they just try to copy paste, you know, like directly into Vietnam. But it doesn't always work because... That's not what's happening here. Yeah. You literally looked at what is the actual situation that I'm looking at here in Vietnam mm. and how can I solve the problem in mm. a way that actually makes sense. Mm. I think that is the one very big thing that I have uh, realized through all my career because, you know, I work in companies. The first company that I start, that, that, that I joined as, as a intern or like a new, new staff was, um, internet company but the two co-founders were like vq americans so they from there so they just okay let's study and make it work for vietnamese mm-hmm. uh, but everything after that was like very much western companies that have branch here so we just have to adapt what they have into vietnamese but it was always very challenging right. because we 
always have the biggest barrier that in Vietnam is not like that. So right. you cannot even apply things that that works so well in the Philippines, in Indonesia, uh, in Malaysia because it's just very different here. Yes. The people speak differently, they think differently. Mm-hmm. So. We want scale, but then you have to do the adaptation for the local markets. So, so huge. Yeah. It's so much money to, to do that. Um, and, and so the, this local, uh, I would call it like a small network of different stores. Mm. Like they work like individuals, but they do so much for the, the community. Exactly. The, like the real the Vietnamese community, like the Kandam, like the, mm. the, the town, you know, like mm. inside those small districts. and. Yeah for streets like that and they all like work by themselves yeah. so like if they want to deal with uh, this instant noodle brand or this laundry product they have to I guess get contacted by the, some sales right yeah yeah so the that's sales you have because you literally package different mm. that's what I understood right like mm. you, you package different uh, brands together in your corner the, how is it called how is it called Tapua Tapua Cam yeah So like the orange, cor- the orange uh, small store, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and so like you give them an option to actually have you know like a, a full range of options, mm. right, to sell to their yeah. local And we customers. need to we need to pick the right things that are suitable suitable for that area. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. if we just like same like for every store yeah. mm-hmm. and then and then we just become like convenience store and mm-hmm. become like um, um, family mart a family mart or a mini stop mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. that is not what the, the the little merchant lady needs mm-hmm. she doesn't need no. another boss to, to no. tell her what to do yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but then or another competitor yeah, like yeah we're not she so wants we, options yeah. to satisfy more like, you know. yeah and also options to like if I cannot sell that can you bring that back and sell it to somewhere else so we would have to have the, the, the responsibility to okay I'm gonna put it here if it sells well then you can let me know I'm gonna bring more if it doesn't sell well during how many days and we're gonna adjust we have to bring yeah. it and give it to all the areas so the, the if we can grow a business and we can be both agile and very knowledgeable in each of the clusters of mm. where each of this uh, little lady is the boss mm-hmm. we can help her manage her cluster then we can distribute the, mm. the the right things to the right people yeah. at the right time. That's, so that's the, the, the business idea. We also have launched uh, a community initiative called the Shelf of Goodness. I don't yeah. know if you have seen it on on the, mm. on a website and uh, on Facebook. So the idea is that if you can afford to go to the little store to buy mm. whatever you need, If you can have some extra, you can buy one or two or three items more. You put it onto our uh, our shelf so that people, if you come and then you don't, you cannot really pay, then you can claim this gifting coupons mm-hmm. and you can uh, get until the next time if you are in the position of the givers you go there okay I'm gonna buy one more I'm gonna put it on the shelf so mm-hmm. so we think that this can you know just the idea I don't know how much we can mm-hmm. roll it out and, and how many people would actually be touched by this idea to actively buy more for some people who need that mm-hmm. you don't even know mm-hmm. and you just trust that the little lady would uh, tell the people who need hey let's go this Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is end of the month she you you like uh, let's go there there's some people who do this and then I would help mm-hmm. buy this and then and next time if you have the the salary you can go and buy for others you know mm-hmm. the paid forward spirit I think this is 
would be something that is also uh, so unique to Vietnam. I yeah, yeah, well. yeah, you're right. Yeah, but like, actually, because you know that we all live in communities, we know the people. So if people can see this idea and then they want to do it, it's already a success for us. Because I don't know how many yeah. people would do it, but the, if they see it, it make them think. I hope it make them think. And whatever you do, even even in in our daily life, don't need don't need to be at the store, but just in the mm. in the mind. Mm-hmm. For, for me, like it, it it reminds me when I first arrived in Vietnam, like it was hard from a mm. European culture to actually accept when someone was paying the bill for me, you know, like in Vietnam, like you have eight people and the oldest man would pay and would be like, no, but we can share or, you know, like always like this. And actually, if you see five French friends at a table, like they will like calculate the cost and split the bill and it would take hours. And in <laughs> Vietnam, it's like five seconds. Okay, I pay the bill, you know, and I invite you. Mm-hmm. And it would be difficult for me to accept that because it's a... Uh, It's like, oh, but how can I pay you back? Like, I've never met you before and mm-hmm. I will probably never meet you like within the next three months. So how can I pay you back? And, he, and one guy who actually was uh, experienced in, in Vietnam, I mean, like he was Vietnamese and, and he told me that, Nico, just buy the next meal to the next person you eat with, you know? Mm-hmm. And that got me started on this chain of mm-hmm. goodness, actually. Yeah. And so like, I like this shelf of goodness that you guys created because this is so unique to not just maybe Vietnamese culture, like Asian cultures in general, mm-hmm. but like in Vietnam, this is unique mm-hmm. because people tend to offer them, like offer gifts. Like if you, you go to a Vietnamese family, this is impossible that you don't get food or you mm-hmm. don't get anything offered. Even when you leave, they're like, oh, take this cake, oh, take yeah. this, this leftover of this, uh-huh. or oh, take these fruits, like mm-hmm. uh, just harvest them or whatever. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, like it, it's the kindness chain, mm-hmm. I call it more like, in Vietnam is really present. So we already have plans. We have talked to a few community fund because we need like if, if, if this project needs to have its own life. So we created it, but we want to have uh, experts in fundraising and community leaders so that they can be in charge. But it will be a way for, for them to to keep uh, multiplying, multiplying it. Mm. So... This is our first role next week and the and, and the week after, right before so we, that, uh, right before that. But um, and then we're gonna see how much we can could raise, how much people have donated at the at the at the part of sales, mm-hmm. and then we can so, we come back here and tell a story that actually I didn't know of uh, how how much potential that we can do, but actually it had some proof, and then mm-hmm. we can. Take it to life. So anyone, anyone listening, if you have the funds or the expertise and you want to help her, please reach out. Yeah. Okay. If you guys don't mind, I want to switch gears a little bit because I, I love talking about the business, but I feel like creators in Saigon is more about the essence 100%. of the person in front of us. And there's just so much to unpack here. Like I, I feel like everything you do, you bring so much energy to it. Like even just <laughs> sitting, you guys can't see her, but just sitting here, like she's like, her body's like all into it. So animated, so excited to be talking about this stuff. And, and I, I met you at a Black Lives Matter event where you were translating for the the Vietnamese people who were there and wanted to learn uh, about what was happening in the U.S. and the experiences of the Black people here in Vietnam. And 
I was just so impressed. Like every time I, I came across your name or saw you, you know, around on social media or in person, it's like, who is this, this Vietnamese girl who's like into jazz and swing dancing <laughs> and is super vocal about Black Lives Matter and just all these things that are not really so common for, I feel like a typical Vietnamese girl. <laughs> and so I was just so interested about that and. Mm. I, I know when you and I kind of had our own meeting before this podcast to get to know you more, you had mentioned in your childhood you were playing piano and you were always looking to build these communities and, and social spaces. And then that kind of has tra translated into the rest of everything that you do now. And so I wanted you to kind of, if you could talk a bit about your childhood in that way, how your childhood links to what you're doing now. Because mm. I also think something really cool that you said was how you you quit your, you know, regular corporate job to pursue this dream. And, and the fact that you did that now instead of waiting, I feel like that's also what's different about you where so many people are like, yeah, I'm just going to grind through this corporate job and make my money. And then later in life, like when I retire, that's when I'll have fun. That's when I'll explore my hobbies and stuff. And you're like, fuck that. Like I'm exploring my hobby now. This is my passion. And I feel like that's probably brought so much of this light and energy to you that you are now fueling mm -hmm. into this business that is literally changing the game in Vietnam. So Mm. Please share a bit about your childhood. Uh -huh. um, I think I have been a very lucky child. The biggest lesson is that we just have to love one another and think how you can help others do so. When it was nine, my father said, okay, me and my sister, you guys, uh, you girls need to learn some piano because the church needs uh, organ players. So, okay, so we didn't, we couldn't afford the, the piano at the time. So I think we, we had to practice the piano on pillows for like two years. What? <laughs> How two years, two years or one year, remember? Because like, you remember, you sing, you sing. I, I, I we went to study in, in a, in a nun school and, uh, we had the real piano at the school. At home, you had to practice because you need to know your scales and everything. So it's just like, okay, even you, you draw the keyboards oh, on and then you just God. like, okay, on the, on the pillows because it's soft enough so that it can move with even yeah, your fingers. Yeah, it trains your, um, muscles. Yeah, it's just like, it's oh just, it's just God. training your fingers muscles. Next time anyone ever gives me an excuse about anything, I'm gonna be like, I know this girl who learned to play piano by practicing on pillows. So for two years, so don't give me any excuses about anything ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so that is when I said, like, wow, I can play some music for the whole group of people singing along. So I did mess up so many times. <laughs> I would start in the wrong, wrong keys. And then people would like, that was so high. I couldn't sing like that or solo or like the, the wrong timing. So I've done all that. After church, everyone just like, look who is uh, the piano player. So just, <laughs> just my hair are down. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> So I really enjoy the idea that I can make music and people would uh, interact with it. Mm. 
And then as a piano player, you would be inspired by more piano players. I really love Donna Jones and Dana Crown, Jamie Collum. So that was also 2006 when I was wow. in. <laughs> I graduated and listened to jazz. Before that, I was listening to more New Age. And yeah, Backstreet Boys. Uh, Backstreet Boys was live, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then it's like, wow! I really at that time. I think Nora Jones and Jamie Collum, they they entered the, the, the MTV uh, ten top ten or the wow. Billboard. And then you're like, wow! This is a very nice style of music, smooth jazz. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 And then I found the, the, the swing dancing, uh, adverts. It's like, wow, you can, this is jazz music. They can dance to. Oh my gosh, so many, so many time mind blown. <laughs> so I need to, to figure this out. How can you dance to, to this music that I love hearing? And then I found, wow, the music that makes people uh, feel united and, and feel happy. And they forget who they are before they dance. And they only enjoy in the moment of the dancing. So that's how from church piano player into jazz curious and then swing dancers. Jazz curious. I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so, so for, the, for the music, because I feel like jazz uh, compared to classical music or to the church music is like the church music or the classical music, like it's a serious environment somehow, like we can't mm. necessarily make mistakes. Mm. It's kind of difficult to express, jazz. you know, like you can't, you can't improvise, but then mm. like the jazz and the swing, mm. especially when you dance, like you can express yourself. Is, mm. is that one of the reasons that got you interested in into yeah, that? Exactly, exactly. So I was learning from the, from nine years old. I was study with, uh, I think three, three uh instructors before mm. and it, we i learned the basics i need to do the scales i need to read the the, the music and then to play exactly yeah. at the right time and then i started to play for church when i was i think 14 i started to play for church so i need to a lot of time to train and then 14 i take on some uh some some math some some masses for for children and then i move on to the masses for adults which is the 6 30 a.m and uh and at that time my my instructor my piano teacher there she t- she said that you need to be able to to improvise and then to to transpose keys and do things more when you go out and play in bars and coffee shops and restaurants so at that time i think it was i was 16 i started to play for bars and coffee shops to gather experience that actually this is how you play in the street you have to do this and this and this and if you don't you don't remember some parts you just improvise it and make it sound like oh it sounds familiar because you yeah. know the people who go to coffee shops and 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 and, and restaurants and, and and hotel lobbies they would not really listen to the notes that you play mm, as yeah. they would in the classical concert yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. so you just like make background music make background music mm. and then you can put your souls in there you can like I can do this a bit more and then I have to study how to improvise based on the, the melodic and then the chord harmonization so that is uh, that's before jazz yeah and, and then when I listen to jazz and it's like the, the sounds of jazz, it's just like, wow, it sounds so beautiful. So I've never heard this before. Mm-hmm. And then also the beats. 
and you, you just like kind of, you get to move. I always loved dancing actually. Like when I was small, I would play with my cousins, uh, running around the house or in in the in the alleyway. And um, I have a cousin who would like choreograph. Okay, let's do this Labada dance. And then all the kids were just like da da da, and they just dance. So I was like, wow, this is very nice. And I, uh, in, in all of my school years, I would be somehow in some dancing or or, or singing or something and mm-hmm. uh, like okay this nice. performance thing that is that to me I, I was never the best I would just like be there but I just like checking it all in like seeing this group of people just have to dance and then we the the fact that everyone come together to do something to entertain or to 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 send a message for me is like this, this is mm-hmm. the thing that I want to do yeah. <laughs> you want to like evoke a feeling from mm. from people, from a community, from an audience. Did you see the movie Soul? Yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, you were one of the first people I thought of. Like, oh my god, she has to see this like now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I want to know what would nine year old Twee think of? How old are you now? Thirty nine. Okay. Wow. What would the younger you think of the you now? Wow. <laughs> I think I would tell three, three nine years old would tell three thirty nine that okay, you still hold on to all of these dreams and uh, hopes and and everything that uh, your elements, your energy, and the way that uh, you can inspire a group of people around you, you still have it, and let's continue and make it make it bigger and make it uh, inspire more people to do that for their all uh, entourage again I think that is more of the the goal for me how can I okay I have lived 30 years of like hopes and dreams and imaginations and bringing joy to people how can I how can I share this share this um, energy so that people who have seen they can also want to spread to others and mm-hmm. I think when Many, many people who can do this. I'm sure so many people have, have done this. And I also take so much inspiration from, from the people who have been able to spread joys mm-hmm. uh, around in a bigger scale. So that how can I bring this to the rippling effect, which is more, mm-hmm. more. Because we're not, we're not living on this planet forever. So however short time we live, maybe we cannot even create so much wealth that we can possibly spend so i would like to introduce myself as someone who wants to live the world a better place when i leave mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, beautiful <laughs> and that, that's connected to uh, one of the questions i had it's like you were explaining that because of covid somehow your plans changed mm-hmm. with the swing dancing club and, and and what you do right with the events you were planning mm-hmm. and so how how is it shifting now with especially to attract more locals to join mm. the club i think we have been quite on track with okay. attracting attracting locals we have not now a lot more locals and we have seen there are dancing communities in hanoi in da nang hoi an and just on the 16th of december i managed to make an event that inviting all of these uh, dancers from Hanoi and Danang come here and we have a big dance night together and my company Tapakam 
was able to fundraise enough to make the event that we can launch the shelf of goodness yes. and we make uh, all the cats in all the country come in and have a dance night nice. party yeah. with live jazz. <laughs> that, yes. that, that, uh, I think that is uh, because it's so difficult. You know, when I explain jazz and swing dancing to to so any people who just like yeah but it doesn't sound like me mm. and like it sounds so difficult because like jazz and dancing and then dancing with people you don't know so it was to a lot of people to maybe to more people like me who think this is wow I have to do it immediately because this is me jazz <laughs> and dancing and talking to people and making friends and everything it's just me but yeah. for more people they were just like It's so, it sounds so much work and, yeah. and so much for me imagine like a super super introvert people just like mm-hmm. no but, but yeah. all of these introvert people they actually need to balance their introvertedness with some some out external things so that they can be balanced right because mm-hmm. you can just stay just in the box the whole time mm-hmm. right so how can I uh, bring this idea to people without them having to feel so overwhelmed yeah, well, and just like more withdrawn I'm scared yes yeah, so, yeah. so scared and one of my questions was about like when we were talking before you were saying you were thinking a lot about mental health lately mm-hmm. and the impacts of isolation of the pandemic and not being able to travel as much as we want or see people as much as we want so how have you connected in your mind the link between mental health and dancing and community having been dancing for 15 years and traveling extensively to the US to Europe and, and uh, within Asia I find there's some there's some uh, patterns of swing dancers we are actually having to balance between what stress and what life we have to take on and also this hobby that you, that you can release all the energy you can be completely yourself and you don't don't have to be judged by others but by the way you, you do things mm-hmm. so there's a lot of uh, nuance in this because there's, there's some people who who can take advantage of this and 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 spread some negativity but there's also people who can see there's much potential that we can elevate others by introducing uh, a hobby for them to to just make friends like if if nothing this is gonna be something an activity for you to make new friends naturally mm-hmm. and it's not so awkward or like oh okay you need to meet some uh, you need to make friends yeah it's like a like a or it can become like, like a Tinder, Tinder profile how can you match this and this and it becomes something that maybe not all of us need that but this is like an environment an ambience so people can come and just with your own space you can see that you can learn how to dance if you don't want to learn to dance just stay there and then see the energy in the room of the spread by the dancers they're gonna mm-hmm. just dance they they laugh but if you just want to enjoy you can do that too but mm-hmm. when you want and you can come always 8 p.m on wednesday we open it up for everyone who want to come and join there's nothing that you need to prepare much before because uh, if you have a dance or you have dance already this is jazz and swing dancing so we can then inspire you into a uh, new and then i think i think that's how i see that uh, if more people I, i think every dance instructor or dance lover like me will say like if the word 
could dance more, then you don't have much time to to hate or mm-hmm. you you talk mm-hmm. bad about yeah. other other people. So you've released all that negativity out yeah. of your body, like yeah. moving all the emotions yeah. out. I feel like, and then I believe that if you can dance, you know, this is uh, swing dancing is partner dance. So if mm-hmm. you can dance with someone, I think you because you have to basically. Embrace this person for the at least uh, three minutes. So <laughs> if you if you don't like them, by just holding someone, um, you already have to, you already feel healed. I think, recognize I think. their humanity. Yeah, mm. and and also I think it's important to mention you don't force people to dance once they go there. Right? You mm-hmm. said like they can watch, mm-hmm. and I feel like. A lot of people feel like because um, my sister is going to salsa mm. uh, dance class, and the first timers they are usually either really scared and intimidated by mm. the fact that you know like maybe they have to dance and they don't know how to dance in front of people. Mm. And so I guess like it's the same at your mm. area, your place. Like if they just want to watch or have a glass and just uh, maybe take the time, maybe the second second time they come mm. to dance, they can do it, right? Yeah. So that's why I want to keep my uh, social dance uh, time, which is on Wednesday at 8 p.m. and is in a socially accessible place. It's not like a, a class because um, if you just make everything into a studio, then people would go there, just go there and mm-hmm. dance. But if and there's, there's so no, serious. there's no many options. We like, just, just, I just gonna eat. I'm just gonna drink. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna come and see my friends. So lots of people would just want to do that. Mm-hmm. Let's give them the space to just friend. do that. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a, a place to hang out. And if you want to dance, you dance. But we just play swing jazz music all night. So if you want music, we're not gonna do that because it's yeah. not the place to <laughs> play that V-pop. music. <laughs> or Vina House. House. Vina Hay. So before before 2020, I thought a lot about mental health because I feel, especially in my previous industry, is so high pressure and a lot of deadlines, a lot of late night work and relationships in the workplace can be quite harsh. You know, mm. like the clients would yell at you and you would yell to your your subcontractors and, and all of this is going to be a lot of ugly shame blaming because because I think that there's no other way we can do this because this is the the nature of the business so you don't have to feel so gutted or take it personally because people would need to yell so let listen to that yell and then we discuss how to do it but then I feel like but not not many people would have the ability to translate this yell into something that you need to do it better but they just want to die because (laughs) it's so hard that that person just told me so many horrible things to my yeah. face. Uh, and then if you already were having some bad days, and then those might be the last drop. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have to face that there's a few cases in yeah. in suicide. Or let me yeah. take the life because it's just so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, do you need to go to work where you just want to kill yourself yeah or you feel like somebody else want to kill you mm-hmm. it's it's very uh, dangerous to do that and mm-hmm. maybe the society if we fail to equip young people with skills to to boost their own self esteem and need to like okay what they said is that but what they mean is this so so that you don't feel so horrible about yourself because uh, the most dangerous thing 
for a youngster who just get out to work with so much energy, with so much hope and dream like me when I was like 22 yeah. going to work, is that people are going to just crush, crush their dream. Yeah. Crush everything that you are and say like, you're not enough. Yeah. You're just... A Oh, no, no. A, a piece of garbage yeah. and then these people they if they listen to this like long enough they might believe it they'll believe it yeah yeah and even if they they have more sophisticated way to 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 forget it but it will always be there and then how horrible for that person to have to live with themselves with like all of the bad labels that people have been giving to them mm-hmm. so that bring me to okay It's very important to help people who, if they don't have their own entourage of friends and network of support, if they do, it's good for them. But if they don't, and if communities like Second Swing Cats or like the communities like we just formed when the Black Lives Matters uh, movement happened in Vietnam more because uh, we we felt that uh, we we need to raise more voice and we need to tell people that we are a supportive group mm-hmm. we are your ally yeah. so if we don't say that enough people would just like think of themselves as individual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they just like oh nobody helps me nobody like want to do anything with me and i don't fit in so how can we build communities mm-hmm. that more people Uh, feel that they can fit in and then they want to contribute to grow. I feel you are trying to answer these questions uh, in everything you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you can see that. Sometimes it's very difficult for me. For for some people would like just give me lots of questions. Why have you been living like thirty years or twenty years or like what do you want to do with your life? Why you are not. Uh, accumulating wealth enough while you're not um, doing this and that like as you should marrying, at your age <laughs> and, and everything and just like and, and I would feel immediately at that moment I would feel so small like so individual and then like oh I'm a piece of shit I'm good for nothing going through that a few times and then you would like hey Tui like I think you are pretty good yourself and why you would let all of these words which might mean love and might mean I need to guide you to live your life mm-hmm. they might mean good right yeah they but, have but, good intentions yes yeah, good, good intentions but if we we cannot see that and we would like be so so stressed when we when we say that to you it's just like This person doesn't want me to to live my life as the way that I want to do. Mm-hmm. They want me to live my life the way that they want to do. So there's such a gap. Mm-hmm. Have you found a way to bridge that gap, like in conversations with people? And and who is it in your life who is saying these things to you? It can be anyone in any any point of life. So yeah. either friends, either a family member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just some people randomly just come and say like, "Okay, how are you?" But then if you don't have the time to to sit and talk and then discuss a few rounds, then you cannot really see the whole picture of who you are mm-hmm. because you would see me. Oh, she's just dancing all day. She just doesn't have a goal in her life like oh she's just like doing selling this like data and technology thing that nobody needs mm. people can just like turn you down cross your dreams cross your life right in one sentence yeah and just like words are so stay, stay away from these people huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah do you with all that being said do you feel like you do have 
a supportive community, certain people in your life that you can lean on, especially mm-hmm. in the, the hard moments, mm-hmm. the stressful moments? I think that is one of the, the, the best things that I, the best assets that I think I have. Because I think as you live through life and as you prove what you believe in project by project and then you accumulate friendships and and uh, and the people the mentors that are around you I, th- I always find like whenever I'm down I'm always find like somebody gonna lift me up mm. randomly I cannot really even plan for this I cannot like okay who do I go to because if I plan so much that I go to people are gonna be very busy mm. but then there are gonna be mm. just things that happen and then by some random conversation I would be able to 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 be touched and then touch back and then we, we lift each other up. I think that's mm, yes. the rule the rule yeah. of life. And then basically I have to just be responsible for what I do and what I believe. Mm-hmm. So not so much for what people would say, okay, you need to do this, you need to have a plan, because like people would have planned a lot in twenty twenty. And then yeah. where do these plans go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's the best thing is to stay agile so mm-hmm. that you can adapt and but then you cannot be opportunistic but you just have to like okay this is a good thing if it it connects with my uh, core values and I would do it mm-hmm. but uh, without much questionings and why and how and then but then okay then the opportunity will go <laughs> yes mm-hmm. oh my gosh so many so many gold nuggets of wisdom in there <laughs> yeah. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but we should probably wrap up soon. Mm. This has been so great. I feel like you literally embody the essence of what I, I like had in my mind when I first created Creators in Saigon, just like showing how you took what your passions were in childhood and noticed what are these things that I love to do and what makes me feel good and then had the courage to go for that and, and keep bringing that into your life. And that's just what I would want people to take away from this. So thank you so much for bringing that to us and let us help you. So can you say what sort of help are you looking for? Like if anyone was listening to this podcast and you kind of had something that you wanted to ask the community for, um, what would that be? What do you need to move forward in your goals right now? Mm, thank you. I think well, <laughs> I'm at the point of, uh, well, at the program, we are launching that program that we want to spread kindness. So it's called Tết Tử Tế in Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we say that everyone, you can spread kindness mm-hmm. by whatever you do. Either you go and buy a gift pack that is available at the stores in the District Gavap and District 12. Uh, or you can also come and make the pre-order. We're going to have to make that uh, pre-ordering option on the website. We're also going to make that post on Facebook. You can follow the podcast. Uh, official on pay- on Facebook where we're gonna advise people what you can do if you want to join in our campaign and then just be kind and spread spread joy and kindness around because this is the most important asset that you can have for yourself mm-hmm. and you can then share it 
with others.、Yes. And otherwise, we I'm I'm always I'm always、uh, at the swing dancing、uh, social night in Subitel every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 11. If you want to learn or you want to just come and hang out, have a drink, bring some friends, don't wear high heels because this dance we don't wear high heels.、Okay. <laughs> and、uh, I hope that I can open a new class for. People who want to take the dancing more seriously、mm-hmm. by taking the first class. So stay tuned. We are at cyclonswingcats dot com、mm-hmm. and Facebook page cyclonswingcats. That's it. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. Thank you so much. And I will give one last shout out to our sponsor today, Masked. So again, if you guys want to get your twenty five percent off your first order, use the the promo code Green Creators. And we will put all the links that we just mentioned, and all the links I've mentioned, in the show notes for you guys. Any last thing you want to say, Nico? No, I want to invite people who actually are touched by this message and this podcast、yeah. today to actually either ask their questions on the comments, and also don't hesitate to to give the support to Tapuacan and yes, <laughs> and Tui.、Uh, I think、uh, you are a great person, and、uh, I, I like the way you you. You conduct your life.、Mm-hmm. Thank you.、Uh, wow. Mindful. <laughs> yes. It's really good. What a year! It's going to be a great year for all of us. I think. Yeah. It's so many indicators that、um, if you can stay true to your passion, to your dream, yeah. Yeah. and to your core values, and remember to be kind, everything would come.、Oh. Such a good place. <laughs> Nika has goosebumps right now. It's perfect.、Yeah. All right. It's so good. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Saigon. If you liked this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts, and sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and see you next time.